Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Good morning, saints. You may be seated. This morning, we have been led by the Spirit to address something that may be for you one of the most important things that you can know and lay hold of as a Christian. And our plan is to have Dennis and Michael also help share together this morning. But we'll start with what 1 Timothy 4 says in verses 1 through 4. And if you would, I want you to stand up for the reading of the word. The word of God is alive and active and powerful. And when we hear it, it literally is coming to us, not with just revelation, but with transformation. Amen? Say alive, active, full of power, for me, in me. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord says, the Holy Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, people will depart from the faith and give heed rather to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding certain things and commanding others in opposition to what God has created and has instructed to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Can you say amen? amen? This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The gospel message and ministry of the kingdom of God demonstrated through Jesus and his disciples in the New Testament always, say always, always. includes confrontation and expelling of demons. <laughs> The Bible uses the word demons, unclean spirits, or evil spirits. Jesus recognized and did not give them any place to stay inhabiting, influencing, and oppressing human beings. But he always was in confrontation with them wherever he was and wherever he ministered. He always cast them out. Say, cast them out. Satan and his demons have one agenda. That is to oppose the kingdom or lordship of Christ. To oppose the kingdom of God. That's their agenda. And they will find every way, every place, every opportunity to do that. Their first strategy is to prevent people from salvation knowledge through Jesus Christ. And if they can't do that, their next agenda against the human race will be to prevent those who do believe from serving the Lord effectively. And so we know that we have an enemy, but we know, moreover, we have a king and a savior. <laughs> Hallelujah. In every place, say every place, that Jesus commissions the gospel into his disciples, into his followers, it includes casting out of demons. Praise the Lord. 
In Acts 10, as Peter is now commissioned to preach the gospel and the Lord begins to send him, there is a Roman centurion, Cornelius, who was fasting and seeking God, but without the knowledge of Christ. And God appeared to him and said, call Peter. And this is where you can find him. And the certain centurion sought Peter out to hear the truth from God, the truth of the gospel. And when Peter spoke to Cornelius, he says in Acts 10, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace, say peace, This is not cessation from war. It's talking about the shalom of God, the wholeness, the well-being, the recovery from chaos and darkness and sin. (laughs) Preaching peace by Jesus Christ, for he is Lord, say Lord. He is Lord of all. That word, this is Peter speaking, I say you know, which went throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after The baptism John preached. What was John's baptism? Repentance. Repentance, that is turning from going one way to turning and going another way. It's a change of mind. And repentance is absolutely crucial when it comes to dealing with the oppression from the kingdom of darkness. It's absolutely essential. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And in that one phrase, we find the description of the ministry of Jesus and the commission of the church in his name as Lord and Savior. Anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Say Holy Ghost and power. And going about doing good and healing all who, are, who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So the demonstration of the presence of the Lord with us in a living way is the ongoing commission to Uh, uh, to uh, recognize and cast out demonic spirits at work oppressing people. Sometimes beginning at home and church. (laughs) Pastor Mahesh and I, which was wonderful to see him this morning, to lead us in communion. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You saw for yourself he is alive and well. And increasingly in strength, rejoining us here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We learned and witnessed the influence of demons in various situations very early in our Christian walk. And we had the opportunity of being discipled, mentored by our pastor, apostle, and spiritual father, Derek Prince, who had a very clear biblical foundational revelation. And then we all were practicing these realities in our lives and ministries from the get-go. But the church has moved far away from this. I don't think we can uh, improve on the ministry of Jesus. And casting out spirits was one of the foremost hallmarks 
of what he did everywhere he went. Because everywhere he went, those dark spirits that were present, taking advantage of the human race to oppose the kingdom of God, rose up in front of him in confrontation. But he never left one in power. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One of the many situations was an instantaneous deliverance, and it one of many, of a demonized girl. And I'll never forget, in fact, I spent a lot of time this week looking through hours of our videotape because I was the cameraman, and I took the video of this dramatic deliverance, and I looked and looked for it, and we kind of came to a determination that that particular tape had been used in another publication and not returned to its proper place, so it's still in the ether of our library. However, it was a young woman in a red sweater and an African cloth for a skirt, and this was on the particular healing day that we would always set apart during the tenure that we were ministering every year for extended periods in Africa and in the third world. We had hundreds of thousands of people come to the knowledge of the Lord and get miraculously healed and get delivered from demons. These were all hallmarks of the activities that we participated in and saw. And we would hold massive water baptism services and connect them in individually to the local churches. That's the gospel. That's the whole gospel. And it is the ministry and work of the church. But in many places, particularly in the West, and foremost in America, the church is going away from God, and people are going away from the church. Lord, Restore your ministry. Restore your ministry in us individually and in your church corporately. So there was this young woman, and uh, we would set aside after we would teach the pastors and leaders in the morning, usually uh, for three hours or four hours, and then provide lunch for them hundreds and hundreds at a time of biblical foundations, equipping them with the full knowledge of Scripture so that they could go back into their communities and be effective in the ministry and in extending the kingdom of God through the gospel message. But we would set aside one uh, afternoon or day or half day that would be our healing service. And people would line up, and uh, generally it was in open fields in various places in the bush or in stadiums in cities, and thousands of people would line up for healing miracles. And Pastor Mahesh, with his entourage of helpers and learners and his cameraman, would go down these lines and lines and lines of people hour after hour, laying hands individually on one after the other after the other, and seeing miraculous manifestations of healing and deliverance and wonderful things and testimonies. I still meet people all over the place who were there, in various places in Africa or there with their families or children during that time who are now in various places in the world in ministry, serving the Lord and various other things. Beautiful. But as we were going along in this open field in a place called Kikwit, um, as he approached this young woman who was in the line placed there with some of her family members, And as Pastor Mahesh got close to her, she had a radical manifestation, violent manifestation of evil spirits and screeched out at him and took off running. And 
that didn't surprise us, but what surprised me is Pastor Mahesh took off running after her. And I took off running after him with the camera rolling. And he was able to catch her just enough to barely tap her on the back of the head. And when that connection was made, that young woman turned a couple of somersault slips and was out as though she was dead in the middle of the grass and the dirt out in that field. Pastor Mahesh, typical of him, went right back to business, back to the place in the healing line and began again, praying for people one after the other. And I was with him following along. And in a few moments, one of our interpreters tapped me on the shoulder and said, look. And I turned to see, and there on our little hand-built stand where we would preach the word from was that young woman in her right mind, in perfect language, giving her testimony about the dark spirits that had oppressed her and her absolute deliverance with her family there to testify and witness the whole thing. Praise the Lord. Jesus is still in the business. So, Derek, in one of his wonderful basics on the instruction concerning deliverance and demonology, succinctly characterized demons. He showed us in Scripture and in example that we had witnessed in lives, that demons are persons, personalities. They think, they talk, they emote, they act. Where they're allowed to, they gather in gangs to infest or inhabit a situation or a geography or an object where darkness is welcomed or celebrated or worshipped. And I was reminiscing on the privilege of sitting at Derek's feet when he preached some of those seminal messages at a time when deliverance was not preached and hardly practiced at all in the Western church. And a little clip of one of Derek's descriptions. You need to know, first of all, as I've said, they are persons without bodies. You're dealing with persons, disembodied persons who have a passionate craving to get into a body. You need to understand that. They are totally discontented outside of a body. The kind of body they want is a human body, but rather than be disembodied, they'll settle for a pig or a dog or other animal. They do not want to be disembodied. That is torment for them. They have two main objectives assigned to them by Satan. Number one, to keep you from knowing Christ as Savior. But if they fail in that, their number two objective is to keep you from serving Christ effectively. You see that? If they failed in number one, they don't give up. They simply switch to number two. <laughs> now we need to distinguish between the flesh and demons, the flesh being the old carnal nature, the old man. Demons being persons that move in and occupy areas of your personality. I compare them this way. The flesh is the carcass, the demons are the vultures that settle on the carcass. You understand? If there were no flesh, there'd be no vultures. 
It's a very vivid picture. If you've lived in a country where there are vultures, you know when something is about to die, a little speck appears up in the sky and hovers there, and you look up a little while later, there are three or four more, and the nearer the animal on the earth gets to death, the lower down the vultures come. Jesus said, where the carcass is, the vultures will be gathered together. Where the unregenerate flesh of man is exposed in its carnality and its sinfulness, you can be sure the vultures will be gathering. It's very simple, isn't it? What a picture. What a picture. The first confrontation in Jesus' ministry is directly after he is baptized by John and driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to confront demonic powers and Satan himself. So that was the very inauguration of Jesus' ministry as the Son of God, the Son of Man in the earth. And we find in multiple places, as demons are confronted by his mere presence, they cry out, Ah, oh, what do we have to do with you, Son of God? They recognized him as the immortal Son of God from eternity before he was incarnate. So it exposes the reality of the spiritual kingdom of the spiritual realm and these two kingdoms in conflict and the good news that the Lord of all has come to set us free and set things right in the world. Hallelujah. So Jesus fasts and he confronts and overcomes temptation as a human person the flesh person. So he is bringing his flesh in control, under the dominion of God and God's authority and that righteousness. And so the flesh, the demons are not able to settle there. But then Satan manifests and challenges his uh, identity directly as the eternal son of God. <laughs> and gets rebuked. But interestingly, at the end of the story of that moment in Luke 4, uh, verse 13, it says that the devil left him until an opportune time. And that tells us that the devil and his demons look, they're always seeking. It's like the picture of a wild dog or a hyena outside a fence protecting a certain compound or surround. And demons and the devil will be going up and down continually wherever there is human activity to find a point and time of weakness to attack and try to enter in. And if allowed into that breach, will not be content with just one or two. But ultimately, in that place, in that person, in that family, in that city, in that nation, they will continue to go through that breach and establish that beachhead and take it over until you have a dark stronghold. Three of overt examples in America that we have all and are all witnessing in this last three years. Number one, the prevalence and promotion of gender identity. Just a few years ago, 
gay or homosexual or lesbian, began to be recognized and accepted as valid human identities in contrast to what is natural or normal or proper for persons created male and female in the image of God. And those very words now are being challenged as though it's something unrighteous, incompassionate. But Christian, you need to be clear and courageous on these things. We're seeing it rise all around us. A society began to be cowed into political acceptance, and that spirit, that ideology, has taken more and more front and center attention in every area of politics, of education, of so-called medicine and social expression, until today, instead of gay or homosexual or lesbian, this month from our White House to our schools to corporate America and our national news media, the acronym LGBTQIA plus 25 is prevalent everywhere and accepted and celebrated and bowed to. So now it's not just gay or homosexual or lesbian. Now it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, aromantic, agender, plus 24 more identif identities. <sighs> and it's growing. Last week, 400. Gender identities. What? Unregenerate flesh is like carrion before vultures. And if one can land, it will bring two. If two or three can land, they will bring all their cousins and uncles and nephews. And this is what we're watching. Example number two, the Black Lives Matter movement. In its entirety, it was begun by activists whose own lives are clearly, by their own admission and proud proclamation, under the influence of demonic powers and promoted upon the deaths, and that should give you a clue right there, of black men inflamed around the death of one man and exercised Again, by the admission of the leaders, by the invocation of specific spirits of ancient African religion, in every place it was welcomed violence, chaos, literal gangs, robbery, burning, and destruction took over. We've all seen it, have we not? What is it? That is a clear manifestation of the vultures that came down and were given an open place and now have come in gangs to rule and oppose the kingdom of God and believers. We need to be clear, anointed with the Holy Spirit, going about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Furthermore, in that very instance, financial fraud, surprise, and using those donations and all of that influence and attention and power for personal enrichment by the same leaders and others in the BLM movement as people and politics and corporations cowed 
to the ideology and ultimately began to worship it. Example number three, the deliberate breaking down of the walls on American southern, uh, America's southern border. And even visually, it can give you a picture. And I'm not calling all of those people demons, but you can use that as an analogy where you create a breach intentionally, begin to let some of the dark force in, more and more and more and more are going to come. The statistics are mind-blowing. Two and a half million so far in 2020. Insensible. And among them, at least... 70,000, and the DHS says that they only apprehend 68% of those who actually illegally enter this nation and go into obscurity and nobody knows who they are or where they are. But the system is feeding and supporting them. That's you and I. It's immoral, it's unconscionable. And our political leaders must be held to account once and for all. But it's an example. According to DHS, a minimum of 70,000 of those persons have already been previously convicted as violent criminals and or terrorists. And they're in. And they're going about. But it's a picture. In Jesus' ministry, in Mark 1, now there was a man in their synagogue. So religious, spiritual people in church can have demons. I chose two examples specifically because they help to confront and clarify this issue right at its epicenter. There was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, notice, it's not the man crying out, it's the spirit using the man's voice because his body, the man's body, is now under the influence of that otherwise disembodied person. So the spirit cries out, let us, more than one, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So there you see that demons know Jesus from before. The whole event of the fall of Lucifer and the confrontation and the successive unrolling of both the redemption plan of God and the increasing unredeemed nature of human activity in opposition to God. Jesus rebuked him. We find again and again, he never takes hours. He never goes into long discussions. He never gives long rhetoric explanations about where demons came from and blah, da, dee, blah. He just says, shut up and get out. Amen? Say, shut up and get out. And that's what today is about. When the unclean spirit had convulsed the man and cried out with a loud voice, it came out of him. That's very much what happened to that girl. Once Mahesh was able to catch her just enough to tap her on the head. 
Then they were all amazed, questioning among themselves, saying, what is this, a new doctrine? For with authority he commands even unclean spirits. So they knew that it was the operation of unclean spirits in these various scenarios right in their midst. But until that time, no one had come to throw that open and take authority over them. And the ultimate confrontation and victory was when in his flesh, Jesus provided a complete exchange deliverance for every human being person when he died in his body on the cross. Thus, he said, it is finished. And he laid down the foundation that he would stand upon in the resurrection in the power of the Spirit, and then begin to give all who receives him that drink of the everlasting Spirit that raised him from the dead. And by him, you have an anointing from the Holy One to do- go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Can you say amen? And it goes further to say, immediately... Word of his reputation began to spread throughout all the region of Galilee. And trust me, it wasn't good report everywhere. Because he was disrupting and upsetting things. And so as much as he had the simple and the poor and the desperate and the humble joining to him, he had many who opposed him for the very same reasons. We are not greater than our master. There will be some that are with us, and there will be some that are against us. But that will not deter us from the truth, nor from our commission. Amen? And it says, at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. We find in Scripture, not always, but very often, that sickness is also accompanied by a spirit that contributes to that infirmity and the captivity of that infirmity. The whole city was gathered at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he wouldn't allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And Jesus kept from the human beings. He made every effort for them not to be able to assume and presume by word of mouth from somebody else that he was the Son of God because he reveals to Peter that it is a divine personal gift of revelation that comes to each one of us who at some moment in our lives have the quickened conviction and assurance of Jesus is who he said he is. And friends, that is the salvation for the whole world. It is a gift we must not neglect. Do not neglect the gift that is in you by the laying on of hands, Paul told Timothy. If you've received grace to know Christ as Savior, understand the uniqueness of your life in this world and the meaning of it to be anointed with the same Holy Spirit and go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. (laughs) Hallelujah. He was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee. The first place he went was to church. To do what? To confront demonic strongholds. Casting out demons. That's scripture. Say, this is the word of the Lord. 
So even devout, practicing, religious, or spiritual persons can be under the influence of demons, and Jesus cast them out. Immediately after revealing himself as the eternal Son of God to those three that he took with him into the Mount of Transfiguration, remember that? What is the first thing that happened when he came down from the mountain? It was a confrontation with a demon spirit that had seized a boy and a desperate, say desperate, and sometimes that's what it takes to get deliverance. A desperate father brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus and to Jesus' disciples for healing. And it says, so they brought the boy, say boy, even children can be oppressed, harassed, tormented, influenced, and come under the influence of demonic powers. And parents, leaders, educators, physicians, political leaders, it is our responsibility to build a wall and protect our children and to train them up in the proper and appropriate way God would have them grow into adults. When they brought the boy, when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. And I guarantee you that the unwitting adults all around would have been angry with Jesus and run to comfort this poor child in compassion. But what was causing that? It wasn't the child. Sure, compassion for the child, but that was a demon at work. And the only true compassion for the child was to have the authority to rid that child of that influence. We have a long way to recover currently in modern America concerning these things. Notice, this is very important. Jesus had this recorded for us for just today. Say today in America, in the face of our political situation, our societal chaos, and our news media. This word is for us. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the father. Since he was a little boy, since birth, the spirit often throws him into fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible to someone who believes. Say anything. The father instantly cried out, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, of course, he rebuked the evil spirit. Enough is enough. Out. Now. Listen. You spirit, making this boy unable to hear and speak, I command you, come out of this child and never enter him again. And the spirit screamed. A personality with a voice. The child couldn't speak. Suddenly, the first words, quote unquote, out of this child's mouth was an evil spirit speaking. The spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. 
and a murmur ran through the crowd. He's dead, they said. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. So even children can be influenced by demons from birth. Last week, Fox News Primetime invited Bruce Jenner, who now self-identifies as a woman rather than his male biological gender, to comment on California politics. But that was simply a soft preemption of their planned programming two days later when in prime time they ran the story of a so-called normal family whose little girl, Ryland, was, who was born deaf, began to insist at the age of five that she was a boy and manipulated her confused, devastated, and desperate parents to begin to reinforce her claim, get everyone around them to reinforce the child's claim that she wasn't a girl, she was a boy, and now that child is 14 years old and that family are major social influencers encouraging families everywhere to acknowledge and celebrate and support alternate gender self-identification by their children. Do you see the entrance of one or a few begins to bring gangs and the communities of demons hovering grow and the people under that same influence also grows. Are you there, church? I wanted you to be able to see very clearly and simply the realities of the ministry of Jesus so necessary in your life and mine today in our nation. Demons are like vultures. We heard Derek say that. They feed on carrion, dead, decaying, de decaying, or unregenerate flesh. If the walls of a person, a family, a city, or a nation are broken down, demons will gather and attack. Notably, they do run in gangs. Once a foothold is gained in a situation and left unopposed, their number and influence will inevitably increase until one who is greater comes along. There is no remedy, say no remedy, or authority greater other than Christ and his church. You're it. What's the answer for what's happening to our children? You. What's the answer for what's happening even economically? For heaven's sakes, our treasury secretary has come under a complete spirit of delusion. When asked about the economy, goes into some blabber about equity and gun violence and global warming. Madam Secretary, did you tell the president that this ridiculous dump of printed money continually into our economy will cause inflation? Blabber, 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 blabber. Demons at work. Tragically, in commenting about the tragedy of Uvalde, I heard a certain person say of the young man responsible for that mass pre-arranged violent murder 
of many in commenting on that young man. The statement was made, he had a darkened mind and an empty heart. Therefore, now the commentator didn't say that, but therefore, those demons came and laid hold of him little by little without parents around, broken family, without grandparents aware, out trying to make a living, staying out of the kid's life. What's the remedy? Christ and his church. There is no other answer, folks. Flesh or spirit, it's important that we recognize we have been given gifts. The discerning of spirits, say discerning of spirits. Say, Lord, I pray, welcome, and receive right now today a tremendous increase, an anointing, the gift of discerning of spirits. Give me courage, boldness, clarity to recognize that uneasiness my spirit has in reaction to evil spirits, to be able to discern and know the truth and walk appropriately. Amen. The other one is word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Say, Lord, I pray and receive today an increased anointing in the gift of a supernatural word of knowledge to be able to identify and take authority over unclean spirits to know whether it's flesh or spirit at work. Because friends, there are two entirely different ways to deal with flesh and spirit. Another clip from Derek Prince. What's the remedy for the flesh? The cross. That's right. Galatians 5.24, they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. What's the remedy for demons? To expel them. That's right. Now you cannot switch the remedies. You cannot expel the flesh and you cannot crucify a demon. So in order to know which remedy to apply, you have to know what you're dealing with. Okay? Now I would say in general, if you are a committed, sincere Christian who reads your Bible, prays, has regular fellowship, and desires to serve the Lord, and you have a special kind of problem, something tormenting, something aggravating, something humiliating, something binding and enslaving, and you've tried every remedy, you've prayed, you've fasted, you've reckoned yourself dead, and you still haven't resolved it, you can be almost sure you're dealing with a demon. little impromptu consultation there. Stay focused. Stay focused. 
Stay focused. Look at your neighbor, say, stay focused. Because we're going to come to a particular time of ministry and impartation. Okay? You ready? And, and just before that, because I was involved in conversation with Michael and Dennis, together with many others, about today. Uh, if you remember, last week and the previous weeks, we understood from Scripture the event of the Tower of Babel. And then God's remedy for that at the time was the flood and the saving of Noah, the one righteous man who would command his children. And then even that immediately began to go askew and awry. But um, in the course of that, one of the misconceptions that we have is that those ancient men, those ancient first civilizations directly from Eden were very primitive and you know it's it's the cavemen with the you know trying to discover fire and so no man was originally created with the intuition and the ingenuity and the ability of god and that's why the bible says at a certain point the lord said my spirit is not going to contend with this unregenerate way of everything that i've given the human race forever and then god ordained that men would have a certain lifespan and that would be the extent to which they could exercise and perpetuate their evil on the earth. But prior in those societies, and it built into the ingenuity of the Tower of Babel. It was uh, exquisite, advanced technologies that they had at that time. And God had to essentially wipe out all of that knowledge and ability really taking things back to square one, but this time literally without that same grace and pre-knowledge of the very creator himself. And that's the event of the Tower of Babel. And recently, Michael and Mary had the opportunity to go to, the, to see the ark, the wonderful exhibition. And I wanted Michael just to share a couple of the things that they learned there. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Michael, come over. Um, you know, what I, th I believe one of the strongholds and principalities that we are facing in this world that is really rooted in the demonic is a theory that we live in a world that is millions of years old that does not have a creator. And that is, and to be honest, in our, even in my childhood, in certain things in school growing up, that stronghold and that principality has infiltrated our schools. It's infiltrated even how we approach things in this world. That we live in a world millions of years old that does not have a creator and that does not have the effects of the creator and or a global flood that wiped out the earth. And as a result of some of those things, you see the byproducts of that to where how could a creator create male and female? How could a creator do these things? But uh, interestingly enough, we went to see and experience something really powerful in a place called the Ark Encounter that is uh, on the rolling hills of Kentucky, just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, nestled in those hills is literally the recreation of the Ark that Noah built. 
uh, to the spec. There are some creative liberties that they did in some cases, but to the measurement, to the every detail that was described in Genesis um, of that story. And I had many friends of ours that said, you know, you'll, you can come and, and it'll be amazing. Oh, just it looks amazing and it's awesome and you want to take pictures of everything. And, and we did all of that and it was really wonderful. But I want to tell you that that was just a very small part of a big picture. And that is this. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to the demons. Do not be conformed to the flesh. Do not be conformed to this earth that we live in. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, Pastor Bonnie said today, you may discern, and we receive that, what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I tell you, what I received from being there was the renewal of my mind and really, honestly, deliverance from the old world mindset. The old mindset says that millions and millions of years ago, we evolved out of uh, maybe a little amoeba or a fish or a caveman or an ape, you know, all of these things. And um, in the story of the ark, the creation happened, and then 1,700 years after, the Lord called Noah to create the ark. And the uh, teaching that you see in that, and you see in that experience is this, that the Lord supernaturally gave him the blueprint, but our, in that ancient man, in that ancient world, there was some incredible things that man had in its possession, the potential. And so really, we have to understand, as Pastor Bonnie said, men were intelligent. They were intelligent enough to design and build something as large as complex as the ark. And mankind, even in that time, was fairly advanced in terms of what they could see and do. You see in Genesis, Tubal Cain, who is a descendant of Cain, was a smith worker, a worker of metals, of, uh, of stone. And you also see that there were musical instruments in that time. There was an advanced culture. There were things that were happening in a society. And so the potential was there. And so people assumed that the ancient man was intellectually and intellectually inferior but Noah built that ark and Genesis states that people in the pre pre-flood world they um, they were evil they had wickedness in their hearts but God gave Noah a blueprint and a strategy and he gave him very specific measurements and Noah and his family were able to engineer and put together what God had and God brought provisions and things in place to do that. And the imagery you see in, as you tour the ark and see this place um, is you see what life would have been like. You would have seen kingdoms. You would have seen kings. You would have seen violence on the earth. And in fact, there's estimations uh, scientifically. You can, I, I can give you all the numbers another time. I'm not going to read it to you now. But there are numbers that um, predict what the population of the world would have been like. And there are some that believe the population of the world would have been quite low. And the reason would have been because of the violence, the death, and destruction on the earth. There are some that, could, that actually say that the world could have been billions of people in that time. But Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, in Matthew 24, beautiful uh, picture, that whole chapter of seeing what's happening on the earth. As in the days of the Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. 
And that is where people are doing their normal things. They're eating, drinking, they're giving in marriage, they're doing the normal things of life, yet rebellion and wickedness and sin has is completely flooded the earth into demonic activity. And you see how God provided a way for Noah to engineer this. And beautiful picture is the picture of the animals as well. God gave Noah a great mission. And that wasn't necessarily to go out and get all of the animals. You might think, you know, you see the kid pictures and all the kid books where Noah is there and all the happy lions and the elephants. But, you know, there probably would have been dinosaurs on the ark. There probably would have been dinosaurs at the time. There would have been all kinds of other different things. So just get an expanded mind, renewed mind of the potential of what could happen. And that the Lord brought two of every kind and then seven pairs of clean animals at the time as well. And so as Noah did this, the Lord brought the provision of the animals. He sent and brought the animals to him. And Noah brought them and his family in the ark. So... The final thing in that picture, in the extremely corrupt and violent world that was filled with wars, diseases, other things in that time, the the Lord provided in the ark a door for Noah and his family. And the Lord commissioned them to go when it was time. You begin to see the rain coming. And you see the mocking of the people at that time the mocking and jesting and the scoffers that would try to bring down. Even though there was this this whole world of violence and chaos, Noah and his family had this mission. They were continuing to do the work of the Lord, and he brought provision. He brought the animals. He brought the things in place, and he provided a door. And the Lord himself closed the door. And, you know, Jesus in John chapter 10 says, I am the door. He who goes through me is that way of salvation. That is Jesus. That is the door of provision. And that is the door for all of us today, out of the hand of the devil. And even in Babel, in that time, and the flood happened and occurred, and, and there's some incredible, incredible artwork that you see. You see people that are like kings in chains, uh, in beautiful ornaments and dresses and fine linens, standing on a cliff, trying to get to the ark, but it was too late at that time. Mm. You see, maybe even dinosaurs that were with those people, drowning in that thing. And there's actual little, literal scientific evidence. I'm not going to go through all of that right now because of time. But there's scientific evidence because it says in Genesis that not only the waters came down, but the waters rose up out of the earth. So there's actual fissures, fissures, of water that you have evidence of over that time that actually proves not millions and millions of carbon dating, you know, things that are unreliable sources. You see actual evidence of a fast flood that came up and waters rose upon the earth. Hmm. Yet all through that thing, you see Noah and his family and these animals in the ark, the Lord bringing that safety and that protection. And then finally with the Tower of Babel that Pastor Bonnie mentioned, God, know, God told Noah and his descendants, he said, multiply and fill the earth. That was the commissioning to the descendants of Noah. But they refused to multiply and fill. They, they refused to fill the earth. But you see what happened. The animals started to multiply, and they filled the earth. But the men came together, the people, the descendants of Noah came together, and they said, we're going to not multiply and go out 
We're going to stay in this place and actually build a tower that goes up to heaven. And God, as we know, confused the languages of those people. And it's another, just another picture of, and there's actual evidence that, that actually says that our modern languages today descend from those languages that were created in those, ten, in, in those days, from those direct ancestors, as opposed to the ele, ele, uh, evolutionary model that says a language is a tree that comes from the homo sapien one way up. No, it's actually multiple ways that come out, and it's from those moments. And so rest assured today that as the Lord was with Noah and his family, and the Lord provided a way out, the Lord is providing a way out, and it's through Jesus the door. And so today, as we pray in this place of deliverance and we expel demons, we are saying we are going through Jesus Christ the door who is like the Lord did for Noah and his family. He's doing for us. And I want to tell you, I, I even had this moment a few days ago. I almost felt like Noah in the ark when um, me and Mary and the kids, we went to go see Fiddler on the Roof a few days ago, and we left, and we saw, uh, we left, and we were driving out of uptown Charlotte. And I want to tell you, that symbol, the symbol of the rainbow, that the the enemy, Satan himself, has perversed to be this celebration yeah. of these things that Pastor Bonnie was talking about with homosexuality and all of the things with the gender identity confusion. The entire city of Charlotte was lit up in this rainbow, all of the towers, all the skyscrapers, and it was, it was like even in the midst of it, I felt like Noah and his family. We were praying and we were declaring, we're not doing this place out of some religious system mindset. But no, the light of Jesus Christ, the door of salvation, is in me and is in you today. And so all of that perversion, all the wickedness in the world and society today, as in the days of Noah, we can lift our heads up because our redemption draws nigh in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Good morning. I'm going to try to speak slowly because I normally talk very fast and people say, what? Huh? Okay, so um, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be sharing today. This thing has been on my heart a long time. It's bothered me a lot, this whole demonic um, subject, because it affects me. I'm driving to work. I'm 61 years old. I've never touched a real gun in my life. But here am I, driving to work, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm listening to a worship music, and all of a sudden, I thought, so what if somebody comes with your gun? And I'm suddenly, and I'm thinking, I'm stopped worshiping all of a sudden, and I'm thinking about what I'm, what I'm going to do. How am I going to do it? But I'm thinking what I'm going to do to this person and what I'm going to do to that. And I'm saying, Lord, that must be demonic. That must be demonic. That's not, that's not of God. Okay? And then I started looking around, I look at what's happening in the nation. Um, I, I look, uh, um, you know, I read what's going on in social media and the comments. I'm thinking, how demonic mm -hmm. is all this? It's like there is something spewing out demonic stuff and people are just lapping it up without mm -hmm. knowing that what they're, they're thinking about is demonic. 
it's, it's, um, you, you, you look at the television, you used to see good movies, you know, clean movies. All of a sudden you see movies and in a subtle way, there's the LGBTQ stuff just creeps in. All of a sudden, um, Hallmark Channel, that Pastor Mahesh loves, and my wife loves it a lot. Okay, we're sitting down watching this movie, and all of a sudden, it's no more pure. But all of a sudden, here comes this, this person, these persons, and the two women, and they're gay, and they're making, then they're loving, and on Hallmark, okay? That's something that we always thought was good uh, and pure. No more, okay? Uh, not, not, none of that anymore. And so, you know, you, you, you think about that. I'm at work. I'm a nurse. And I, all, I'm always getting into arguments with people. And I'm, they, they tell me I'm too rigid, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, two, two days ago, I mean, they were talking about, um, I had to, to care for this transgender person who uh, mutilated himself. I call it mutilation, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I was, it, it was really, really hard, okay? I, I'm, I'm not telling you that because as a nurse, you're gonna have to care for people, that's your job, okay? So um, I had to see this person as a human being, mm -hmm. but I saw this person as a mutilated human being. And this person wanted to be called, and I keep saying, I'm keep, I'm keep referring to this person in the gender that I know them to be. <laughs> And I keep knocking my head because I'm, and I'm being apologetic to this person because they want to be called such and such. Okay, I'm not going to say because, you know, um, patient yeah. thing. Okay, so um, that's there. And then um, I, we were talking because they, my, co my co-workers, some of them were um, ribbing me because I keep forgetting and, and you know, and then, and then I, I came out and, and talked about, you know, how... Um, this, this is unreal, this is, this, is not, this is not what things should be. And they took me on because they're telling me that people um, are what they think they are. You know, um, as long as they identify as that, that's what they are. And I'm saying no. And I said, y'all come up with all, um, y'all, I'm Southern now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so y'all come up with, with this thing about truth, my truth. Okay, mm. this is my truth. I'm saying that's, that may be your truth, but there is this truth. Okay, and then we yeah. have arguments, and all of the, uh, we we on back and forth, back and forth. We got through my body, my choice, my body, my choice. I'm saying, yeah, it might be your body and it might be your choice, but the child that's in there is not your choice to kill that kid. And they took me on because they're saying, oh, that's not that's not um, that's not a kid. I'm saying, yeah, it is. That's a real person. And I'm telling you, the Bible says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew all your parts. Okay, I, I, I named them. I have them written down in a book. They, want, they didn't want to have anything of that. All they're saying is how rigid I am. Of course I'm rigid because I'm not going to bow to their way of thinking. Okay? And that, that's, not, that's not what it's all about. So we, we're going through all, all of that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how demonic the period we're living in mm -hmm. is right now, okay? A lot of people don't want to hear about demons. And demons don't like to be talked about either because they want to be in the background, hidden, but they, they, they torment you and torment you and torment you, but don't mention them because they don't want to be known, okay? That, that's how it is, okay? But the Bible says, uh, you know, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're dealing with. And that's what the church in this hour needs to come to grip with. That's that right. what we need to come to grip with, that we are dealing with the demonic. From the beginning, the church was always dealing with the demonic. But, you know, we got so um, modernized. Yeah. yeah, we got so modernized. We got so scientific-minded that none of those things exist anymore. And that's what they want you to think. But they do exist. And they are there, and we are here so that they can be cast out. Amen? That's right. That's what Amen. the Bible says. Yeah. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and everything that will exalt itself above the name of God. That's the weapons we have. That's the weapons we have. And that's the weapons we need to be using in this time. Yes. Amen? Amen. We're not here to play church because a lot of time we play church. We have good music and it's nice and we organize everything. But the real problem, we, we, we kind of skimp over it because we don't, want, we, we, don't want, we don't want to become confrontational. But we have to be confrontational. And the other thing is that the Bible talks about, um, I was reading the other day in Daniel chapter, you know, chapter 10 about um, Daniel fasting and praying. And this angel came and said, hey... From the day you started praying, God heard you. But the prince of Persia withstood me and I had to get um, Michael or Gabriel, one of them, one of the angels to come and help me fight so that I could come and bring you this message. Okay? So the demonic is real. But so is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? Yes. So is Jesus Christ. And this morning before I came, I was just reading something and, and I heard, uh, read this commentary. And it said, you know, don't, it was talking about Jesus, introducing Jesus. Um, this person said, um, don't preach about Jesus. Introduce him as a friend. Okay. And that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to say to you guys today. Don't, don't, some, we have two ways of presenting Jesus. We present him like somebody who we know about, but we don't really know him, okay? Present him as a friend, as somebody who you know you've been with. Come on. Hey, hey, this is Michael. This is my friend. I like him. Um, he plays the keyboard. And while he's playing the keyboard, he's texting and messaging. This guy is a multitasker. He's somebody I know. That's how we need to know Jesus yeah. and talk about Jesus. And then, then we can see things happen in our churches Amen. and in our enemies. I'm saying this in our churches because we're also on air. Okay, so if you're listening, um, we need to get away from talking about Jesus in, in a sense like, we, you know, it, it's a, a sort of a subject matter. But talk about him like somebody who we know and have relationship with. Yeah. And then we're going to see changes in our midst. Demons tremble at the mention of the name of Jesus. At the mention of his name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. That's the word, right? Amen. That's the word. That is the word. At the mention of his name, every knee must bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is yes. Lord. Last thing, um, back to work. The other day we had this patient, this, this patient come in and this patient was really, 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 really sick. I've never seen one as sick as this, this person. Mm -hmm. Nothing that the doctors tried 
was helping. They had, you know, nothing that they did. And I came out to watch one night and I thought, you know what, this, this is demonic. You can't fix demonics with medicine. Okay? Yeah. Neither can you fix the demonic with legislation. Come on. Like we're hearing, um, you know, we need legislation for gun control. We need legislation for this. Come on. We do need legislation, but it cannot fix the demonic. So the demonic um, can only be fixed when they are driven out by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So this person, I, I thought about it, and I said, you know, if I had one of our CDs that we have, <laughs> you know, I would take it and play it in there. I didn't have one, so what we did, we, we had to have televisions in there, and it has, you know, contemporary Christian gospel music and all that. So I went in and put it on, and I, I prayed, you know, and in there, and I, I had a patient that night, so that was in my realm of authority. So I prayed, and, um, and I, 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 you could see for the whole night that person's heart rate was just so settled for the whole night. Then... Um, I came in, they said to me, oh, this patient has not peed all day. They're, they're going to think about dialysis tomorrow. And I think, mm, I, let's flush this catheter. We flush it. That patient peed uh, three and a half liters from nine o'clock to six o'clock in the morning. You see? Wow. Um, so even there, uh, you know, when, when you walk with the Lord, the Lord can give you wisdom in, in dealing with things. And this patient has left the ICU now. It's still very sick, but they left the ICU. We never wow. thought this patient would leave. Yeah. Okay? So you cannot fix the demonic. You, um, you cannot fix medicine, um, you know, uh, and all those stuff. It, you need Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the deliverer, to do all of that. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Dennis. Amen. 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 So if you guys would just stand by, and we want to ask our um, watch leaders and our uh, healing team just to be on call right now, because we're going to have a little bit of body ministry. You ready? You ready? Okay, so I want to just quickly mention a few things that will be helpful. Barriers and weak points that invite entry and influence. Number one, pride. It's the number one open door to demonic influence, and it is the number one resistance to getting deliverance. Pride. It's a, a barrier to expelling demons. Lack of repentance. The unwillingness to change your mind. The unwillingness for your will to bow to the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? The scripture. We've heard the scripture this morning. And we need to all make a decision today that we will never be smarter than the Bible. Can we make that agreement with one another? Say, I will never. My word will never. Any human's word will never supersede wisdom or revelation or instruction over the Bible. Amen? So some characteristics of demonic activity. They entice. You remember they even came to Jesus to try to entice him to come under their sway in order to rule over the kingdoms of the world for a temporary time. Entice. Say entice. Harass. Torment compel, enslave, defile, deceive, weaken, 
make sick and kill. If we look at our world around us, we will see these evidences everywhere. Everywhere. The overall primary nature of the presence of demonic influence in human beings is restlessness. You even look at the massive migrations that are happening all over the world. Whole societies, whole communities are getting restless and uprooting and just going, going into oblivion because they don't know what to do with the devastating circumstances surrounding them immediately. Areas of entry and oppression in humans because remember, we're dealing with persons without bodies who talk, think, emote, and act if they have a vessel, a vehicle. Emotions, human emotions and attitudes. Our entire society today in every realm is primarily being driven by human emotion and not emotion that is well or that is grounded or that is healed or certainly saved and walking in the light. Like the young man, the murderer, who then took his own life in Uvalde. A darkened mind and an empty heart. And the vacancy sign was out. And demons began to come one after the other until he was overtaken. And they acted out through him their evil desires. Emotions, human attitudes, mind, the human intellect, the human tongue, sexual activity, all kinds of sexual activity and desire. We see that one being literally worshipped by our whole society right now in the LGBTQIA plus 25 plus 400 with a rainbow. Jesus, save us. There's one remedy, Christ and his church. Lust, perverted, perverted desires and appetites, the occult, all false religions. There aren't a bunch of true Abrahamic religions just because it's your truth or your opinion or your idea or some expert's knowledge doesn't mean it supersedes the true revelation of the world we're dealing with and the condition of the human race and what our place as those who have been given the gift of salvation have to do with. And all heresies. Departures from the solid truth of the revelation of Christ and Scripture. Remember, demons are disembodied persons, personalities that speak, think, emote, but cannot act unless they have a body to exercise themselves through. They will choose humans, and short of that, they will choose animals, and sometimes geographic regions and even objects where those demons and their activity and their ideologies are welcomed, worshipped, and celebrated. The remedy, a firm faith in Jesus Christ. Say today, I affirm, I am a believer in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, my Lord and Savior. 
Number two, humble yourself. Say, Lord, today we humble ourselves before you. We lay down all of our own prejudices, preconceptions, and opinions. Number three, confess your sins. Say, Lord, today we are an open book before you. And we confess our sins. Then repent of your sins. Say, Lord, today I repent of every sin and sinful way. Then we must forgive others. That's also a big barrier to getting deliverance and ministering, ministering deliverance to others. Forgiveness. Say, Lord, today I forgive every person and every situation that has brought harm, rejection, victimization, or offense in my life. Then renounce idolatry and the occult. Break curses and ultimately expel the demons. So, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to ask our ministry team and prayer leaders just to kind of sprinkle yourself through the congregation. Just find a, a place, just intermingle with everyone else. And together, we are going to make a confession. And Michael, you and uh, Dennis, if you would just come and stand here, and then you guys just be open to discerning of spirits and word of knowledge, etc. And we'll just let the Lord move in. What we're going to do is we're going to just have a mass prayer of confession and proclamation together. All right? You ready? Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Repeat after me, all right? Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. The only way to God. You died on the cross for my sins. You rose again that I might be forgiven. And receive eternal life. I renounce all pride, religious self-righteousness, any trait that doesn't come from you. I confess and repent of all my sins before you. Today, I turn my back on them. I turn my back on them. I reserve nothing for myself. I reserve nothing for myself. I turn to you for mercy. I turn to you for mercy. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And complete deliverance and healing. And complete deliverance and healing. By a decision of my will. By a decision of my will. I forgive all. I forgive all. Whoever harmed or wronged me. Whoever harmed or wronged me. Today. Today. I lay down bitterness. I lay down bitterness, resentment, resentment hatred, hatred, victimhood. victimhood. I, expose I expose and break every unhealthy soul tie to persons and objects that wrongly influence me. I commit myself, I commit myself to get rid 
of any physical possession associated with the occult or false religions. I reject all discouragement, depression, delusionment, suicide, and infirmity, and alienation from God and his church. Lord Jesus, I thank you that on the cross you were made a curse, that I might be redeemed from every curse. I might be redeemed from every curse and inherit God's blessing. I confess that through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm sanctified, made holy, set apart to God and his purposes. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed. Sanctified through the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me. No power over me through the blood of Jesus. And on that basis, Lord, I ask you to release me. Set me free to receive the deliverance I need. Today, I... I. Now I want you to say your name. Today, Today. I, I. Renounce, Satan renounce Satan and loose myself from every power and influence. I sever every contact with evil dark powers, antichrist, rebellion, witchcraft, seance, astrology, fortune telling, all occult practices in my family line and generational contact, all identification with idols or false gods. False religions, heresies, doctrines of demons, and command them to leave me now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's give the Lord some worship and some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, just right now, we prayed that. Now, I want you to have the posture of release right now. One of the best ways that we can do that is not by just praying ourselves, but actually just taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to do that right now. All over this room, we prayed a powerful prayer. And I want you now to expel that demon, expel that evil spirit out of you right now. Come on, take a deep breath. Now, we command every demon to leave. Every person here in the authority of Jesus Christ. We command every evil spirit with the leadership 
based upon Pastor Bonnie, Dennis, other leaders in our ministry team, we take authority now over every evil spirit, over every demon in this house right now, in this room, over every body, Satan and demons, you leave every body in this place, every spirit, Go from these people now in the name of Jesus. And also, for those watching online, we command every demon and every spirit of, of Satan to leave you now. Now take a deep, another deep breath right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you that the anointing breaks you, every yoke, every curse, you, every Jesus. bondage right now. We thank you, Father. Thank you. And there is, there is a release of, I, I see like a twisting in someone's digestion system right now. And it's a, it's a root of some of these things. Like Pastor Mahesh, Pastor Mahesh said earlier this, uh, this, this morning, spider webs, different webs of shadows that are twisting up, that is twisting literally in your stomach, and it is causing digestive tract issues. And we command that to leave your body now in the name of Jesus. And you've prayed that prayer, and you have, you have expelled out that demon. We declare in the name of Jesus, let that digestive system be restored now in the glory. Amen. In the glory. And some of you ministry team, if you see some people that are they're just receiving that, go and lay hands on them right now. Go and lay hands on them right now. We just we command there's someone with a spirit of infirmity. We break that spirit of infirmity off of you now. The spirit of death, leave your family. There's some that have a spirit of death in their family, uh, unnatural deaths and uh, things that have happened over your family line. We break that off of you now. We command that spirit to leave your body. We take authority over that spirit spirit of infirmity over you now in Jesus' name. We take authority over every spirit of darkness. And there's also someone that your mind has been so clouded and you need a freedom in your mind right now. Be released from that. You, you've forgiven, you have laid that, you've prayed that prayer. Do not dwell your mind in the past. Do not dwell your mind in those shadows of the past. But we just, and this is over every mind. If you need a, if you need a touch in your mind right now, and I'm going to ask Dennis, I think he's in that confirmation of that word. I want you to put your hand on your mind. If you've got depression, thought, depressive thoughts, oppressive thoughts, anxiety, fear, things that have been clouding your mind, and maybe in some cases for decades, and, and I, I hear the word decades, decades, decades. There's someone that has been dealing with these uh, things in your mind for decades. We're going to pray right now. And I ask Dennis, you go ahead and pray that release right now. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive, it. Receive, it. Receive the touch. Lord Jesus, Lord, we come in your name today, none but the name of Jesus, and we exalt your name today, God. You are Lord, you are Lord, you are Lord, high above principalities and powers. Lord, we release your presence in this place now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for every mind, every mind. We, we pray for clarity right now in Jesus' name. Lord, the spirit of oppression that has been bombarding minds now, we set those minds free in Jesus' name and we command those spirits to go now in the name of Jesus. 
And Lord, we declare freedom. We declare peace. We declare normality. Lord, we, we declare tranquility now in the name of Jesus. Where there has been warring, where there has been warring, where there has been warring, we declare peace now in Jesus' name. We take authority over the evil dark spirits that have been affecting people's minds now. We plead the blood. We cover every mind under the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing but the blood will do in this instance. And so Lord, we pray that people will begin to apply the blood of Jesus even over their minds, even in their prayers. They apply the blood because it is through the blood that we have victory and release. We thank you for the blood, Lord Jesus. And we pray now. We thank you, Lord God, for the clarity of mind. And we, we rebuke those spirits now in Jesus' name. We command you to go in the name of Jesus. And from this day forward, these people, these minds, they are free. And if you are on the internet and if you are listening, I pray for you now in Jesus' name. We command that spirit that has been bombarding you, the doubts, the fear, the, 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 the depression. We command it to go now in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of confusion in the name of Jesus. We take authority now and we plead the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The blood. Hallelujah. Of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let the name of God be exalted in this place. In Jesus' Thank name, you, Lord. Every hallelujah. Every effect of COVID, long COVID, mental confusion, hair loss, uh, effect on taste and smell, hearing, eyesight now, here and beyond. In the name of Jesus, we bind and cast out every lingering effect of infirmity from COVID in Jesus' name. All family lines of dementia or Alzheimer's, all family curses of suicide and early death in the name of Jesus and the spirit of fi perpetual financial lack in family lines. We take authority over the thief and the robber that continually is eating away at financial provision of families and Christians and we command you, leave this people now in the name of Jesus. The Lord has said the devil comes to kill to steal and to destroy. But I have come. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You have come. You have come. To give me. To give me. And mine. And mine. Abundant life. Abundant life. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord now. Saints, fill that space. Fill that space with praises. Fill that space, space with worship and thanksgiving. Let the joy now of the Lord flood your heart. Let his sense of peace infuse every molecular cell and let every shadow, any remaining shadow or residue now go in the name of Jesus. Take another deep breath and breathe out every remaining shadow, everything the Heavenly Father has not planted today in each one of us is uprooted. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we all know that if, say, for instance, you had some kind of an infirmity that needed a treatment and a prescription, and you went to a good doctor and they were able to give you that remedy and initially bring you to wholeness, they would give you instructions on how to not only get well, but stay well. So, here's your prescription for ongoing health and life and deliverance, freedom from every dark power. Moreover, the prescription to help others as well. Make Jesus Lord always in every situation. Praise God and worship with thanksgiving in all things. That will close the door against many other dark oppressions or dark oppressions that would otherwise oppress us. Put on the full armor of God. Ephesians 6, if you don't know it by heart, go memorize it and recognize we have been given invisible but powerful spiritual armor and weapons. Live, as Matthew 4 says, man shall not live just by bread or food alone, but how? Live by every word of God daily as our nutrition, our nourishment, our sustenance, our compass. Continually submit to God and resist the devil. Because scripture says you do that, the devil will flee from you. Right fellowship. 1 John 1 and 7, if we walk in the light as Christ is in the light, we fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So that's important that we don't get alienated or isolated. Come under the discipline of God. Regular fasting. Regular corporate prayer. Regular corporate worship. Remembering to honor God as our source and supply with our tithes and offerings on a planned, regular basis. Ultimately, make Jesus the center of everything in our lives. Say, neighbor, from today, we renew the centrality of Jesus. The supremacy of Jesus, the wonder of Jesus, the magnificence of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus in our lives. Amen. We love you, church. You're amazing. Take us home, Armand. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.